All right, welcome to tonight's episode of the Animalitia podcast. This is Ben here, and once again, after a long period of time, Ian Sanchez is joining me again on this broadcast. Ian, thanks for making it back here. It's good, course, great yeah. to have you back on here. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me back on here. I'm actually relieved to be back on here. I think you and I both have been, you know, in the past week or two that we've been talking, just kind of understanding how refreshing it is to just spew out your thoughts on this. It's good. Yeah, absolutely. This is all very therapeutic. <clears throat> we have lots of important stuff to hit on. And um, yeah, it's just great to have this platform to be able to openly talk about what we want to. Um, yeah, I think the last episode you and I did must have been like back in September or something. So yeah. it's definitely been a while. We've both been very busy. For sure. Um, so yeah, so like, tell us, what have you had going on? Not a whole lot. <laughs> uh, I, some people would like to say that like seasonal depression isn't necessarily like that bad. But uh, this year, I, th- I think I just got totally sucked into the uh, kind of like work life and yeah. Completely indulged myself into the work that I've been doing at this TV station and I lost sight of uh, kind of like creativity and the motivation to make creative uh, content. So um, in the recent months, just been getting back into the flow of that. But really, um, yeah, not much except work. Yeah, it's it's hard to escape that up here and we'll definitely get to you. Um, <clears throat> it gets to a lot of people. Big time. And the shitty thing is, it's it's like uh, it's kind of a mood thing. And when everyone in your environment has that same mood, you're just kind of stuck and you're dragged down. Right. There's this. I was reading this article recently, and there's like this uh, group of people, and they I think they're in Finland or something. They live near the uh, like the what's it called, the Nordic Circle or like the Arctic Circle okay. or yeah. something, mm-hmm. whatever it is. But these people basically have an intense winter because they're near the Arctic Circle. So like. Um, it's similar to Alaska where there's like months without sun and all that. And it's like really snowy, but what's interesting, and these are some of the happiest people in the world. So they kind of like did a study and they hung out with these people and they were like, how can you live in this like wintry environment and this cold and you're not seeing the sun. So you're like vitamin D deficient, all that Like, how can you do this and be so happy? Like, what's the secret? And basically all these people they interviewed and hung out with, they were basically saying, like, uh, you just have to figure out how to, uh, they basically romanticize it. They figure out, you know, how we're here. So, like, how can we enjoy this? So they put their, you know, their energy into just enjoying winter. So they do a lot of, like, outdoor festivals and snow-related activities, like skiing, and they have, like, bonfires and yeah. Um, just all kinds of stuff where like they just teach themselves and train themselves to enjoy it. And, uh, the last couple seasons I've been like trying to do that myself and it's helped a little bit. So like even a small pleasure, like coming home and, uh, sitting in front of a space heater and like reading or something like you find a way to enjoy it and it feels better. But when everyone else is a shit mood, it just makes your shit mood even shittier. Totally, totally. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, if like everyone could be on that same page where they were like, "Hey, like, let's not let this stop us from being productive and happy. Like, let's go out and like, let's just keep living life as much as we do in like August, you know? Right. But like, nobody does. Really try to make the most of the situation. Yeah, yeah and then absolutely. Everyone just gets moody with themselves and with each other. And then you throw work into the mix and all the issues that come with that. And it's just a giant sandwich of bullshit. Of course. And with the holiday season, 
and like you know thanksgiving black friday all the way into christmas oh my god yeah it's just it's a prescription for depression 100 percent. yeah yeah but you know we're in the home stretch now um, for sure which is kind of that's the roughest part yeah i mean you get you get hit with false hope up here of course of course and it was what what, like last week it hit like almost 40 degrees and then it was like negative seven (laughs) negative 12 like the next day yeah Yeah. (laughs) and then uh and it's like, oh, a few weeks and we're going to really be teased with spring and then we're going to get hit with snow. And, um, But yeah, it's still the home stretch and it's just like the end of it. So you're just dragging yourself. Exactly. It's well, like something that's very refreshing yeah. and something that has totally prevailed through the winter is Animalitia Entertainment. We yeah. came out of this and we're still <laughs> here. We're still making content. And that's something I'm super happy about. That's motivation to get through the next winter. Absolutely. And uh we went our separate ways for a little bit, but we both have been being semi-productive. Like, I know you're getting some good experience at the um, station you're working at. And, uh, you know, I did my own solo adventure out at, like, Scream Fest and trying to meet some friends out in the L.A. community. And, um, you know, kind of did that thing with Five Finger Death Punch and all that out in Las Vegas. And, uh, um, yeah, I got big plans, so... I always love hearing to, the Las Vegas story <laughs> with my finger. That's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. So, um, yeah, I got big plans for the year. We have some big plans. We're going to be working on a short film here in the next few months. And you and I have started the planning stages. So I really hope that we can get everyone together, get everyone on the same page and finally have, uh, you know, something uh, that we prepare for and we can utilize our talents and something that we can actually look at and hold and share with people and say, this is what we're capable of. Yeah. Something to be really proud of for sure. Yeah. Know that that's just the beginning of it. Just in the uh, early stages of pre-production right now with our short film, I have so much confidence going into this, like the idea that we're working off of the people that we're working with, talented. Yeah. What we're given, minimal, but the knowledge that we have, very mass. There's a lot um, of experience, both under your belt and my belt, that we're going to use and put forth into this production. And I'm sure in the following months, we're going to see a lot more progress come up. And uh, <clears throat> I get a little nervous because the stakes are high. Because if we pull this off, this is going to be a really important stepping stone. Mm-hmm. But it's good to feel nervous. It's good to feel something. Yeah. Especially right now in February and I mean, the at least Midwest. At least we're doing something. I mean, <laughs> like, true. wise man once said, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Mm-hmm. So we got to just, you know, get our asses in gear and make sure that we're actually making content, whether it's five seconds to 25 minutes. Absolutely. For sure. And I'm excited to see where this show goes and find ways to take it to the next level and expand it. Thinking about maybe rebranding it a bit in the summer and just trying to grow it and uh take it more seriously um well given some of the topics that we're going to be talking about (laughs) i definitely think it's going to grow a little tonight for sure yeah i hope i hope everybody really enjoys what we have going on here Mm um yeah so uh just to kind of uh brush you up to date on the show um we're just about to hit a thousand listeners as of today um we've got 30 countries tuning in so that's really cool. Uh, this started as an idea one day of you and I in a caribou. 
talking about crazy shit. And then we were like, let's go to Tom's studio and record it and see what happens. And um, For I those hate- of you in different <laughs> countries, Caribou is a coffee shop, just so you don't think we're in an elk or like some like deer-like animal. Yeah. Um, and for the record, it's way better than Starbucks. 100%. Sorry, Starbucks can eat a dick. Howard Schultz is the devil. 100%. <laughs> yeah, fuck that guy. <laughs> um. But yeah, no, you're right. This idea, this came from a very small place. Yeah. And to see where it's grown. We shared uh, the recording we had with a handful of close friends and they were supportive and people seemed to like it. So we did it again. And then, uh, yeah, and then we set up an RSS feed and Spotify and some nice people started adding us to other platforms who liked it. And then people started tuning in and it went to a hundred from a hundred listeners to like 500 and now it's a thousand and um yeah we haven't promoted it too much but it's awesome that people are tuning in to check out our psycho babble and (laughs) just this uh crazy kind of stuff we get to talk about but it's really fun and therapeutic to share it and have a platform to talk about it on um yeah thank you to all those who do listen and who have been with us from the beginning it's really good absolutely um yeah, into the 30 countries. I think yeah. it's crazy that uh, people in Thailand are tuning in. Really? Yeah. Just, wow. Uh, That's all crazy. kinds of crazy places. I think the top five, I mean, obviously the United States, but like Canada, Mexico, United Kingdom, Germany. Um, Spain's up there too. They uh, We were added to a station in Spain. and No way. Yes. Yeah, you know. Some people. That's not a huge amount, but some people over there are checking it out. So thank you. I'm sure thank you, you. Yeah. <laughs> you guys have probably think we're crazy and I think that's awesome. Um, so <clears throat> the last episode I did when Jake was on here with me, um, forgot to bring this up, but like one thing I like is interacting with people, whether you agree with the stuff I say, or you don't agree I want to hear from you either way, because that's a really fun part, is their interactive part. Earlier in the early stages of this podcast, uh, uh, Animalitia Entertainment, you know, people were nice and liked our shit, and uh, but we had a couple haters, and it was just as fun interacting with them as it was the people who like us and support us. It was a lot more fun. <laughs> it was a lot more fun. Um, you know, SoundCloud rapper from Chicago saying I'm promoting the devil's work. Um, yeah, that guy was a character. <laughs> the one following our horror-themed um, page and then saying that it wasn't appropriate for, <laughs> for children. Um, yeah, it's just really fun. So if at any point, um, if anything we say you think is cool and you want to, like, um, you know, reinforce that and like talk about it. Or if you totally disagree and you want to f- fucking throw shade and like talk shit, hit me up on social media. Uh, you can just find me on Instagram, uh, Ben Arndt, just search me up. Um, you can Google the Animalitia podcast and some of the hashtags will come up that will bring you to my Instagram page. Um, if you Google the Animalitia podcast, uh, it'll, it'll a lot of different stuff will pop up there for us. Um, 
I've been avoiding making an Instagram page for this podcast, but I'm probably going to have to do it because it's probably the quickest way to react. Um, we have a Facebook page too. I don't use it much, but if you message me on it, I will, I will start to pay attention. That's just the Animalitia podcast. Um, Ian, do you have any, anywhere like our, our listeners can hit you up at? You use Instagram, right? Yeah, I use Instagram. You can just go search uh, Ian Sanchez and you'll find me, I'm sure, um, definitely. Or you can just go through, if you uh, search Ben, you'll find Ben's mutual followers. I'll be in there. But um, yeah, something to look forward to soon is that we are starting a YouTube channel where we're going to, I'm not sure if we're going to 100% upload the podcast to them, but we are definitely going to try and reach out to more viewers on YouTube. So if that is your primary platform, look forward to that because that's something that's in the works right now. Yeah, and I appreciate you setting that up. Oh, of course, it's a lot of fun. YouTube is a lot of fun. It can be toxic, but it is fun. Yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah, yeah, reach out to us, hit us up. As we start to establish ourselves more on different platforms and social media platforms, we'll share that information with you. And also, like, if there's anything or any topics... Um, not just related to film, but anything entertainment, whether it's sports or music or whatever it is. If you think there's something cool that we could hit on and like talk about, um, send us your ideas because yeah. um, generally we have a good idea of like stuff we want to hit on. But um, new ideas are always appreciated, especially if it's not something, you know, myself or like Ian would come up with on our own. It'll kind of push us out of our comfort zone a little bit. And that's kind of like, I don't, I don't want to say that's the purpose of the podcast because there could be a billion different purposes for what we talk about. Yeah. But one of the biggest things that we touch on is stepping out of our comfort zone mm -hmm. and trying to approach things and understand why it makes us uncomfortable. So I, yeah, yeah. I, I try to be objective. Mm -hmm. Like there's too much stuff that's just like reinforced opinions and we have our opinions for sure. And I want to like openly discuss it a little bit. Oh yeah. Um, Speaking of discussions, yeah. Let's discuss something that you recently watched that you, and I don't mean this in an offensive way, but yeah. you can't shut up about it. And it's good that you can't yeah. shut up about it. It's yep. something that's just a breath of fresh air. So yeah. let's hear it. Um, Birds of Prey, the new Harley Quinn movie. It's fucking terrific. Um, I saw it. Well, I saw it twice, right? So. Yeah. I saw it last weekend, and uh, I was impressed. It was really good. And um, I ended up seeing it again last night with a friend who hadn't seen it. So it was at the IMAX. And it was even better the second time. Like, I picked up on some more stuff that I missed the first time, which normally happens when you see a movie twice. Um, but I appreciated it more, too. Like... Having seen it once, I was kind of able to go in knowing I'd like it and then just kind of like focus more on details and pick it a little bit. But yeah, the movie is fucking good. It's like, man, where do I begin? So first of all, Suicide Squad was a horrendous piece of shit. I think <laughs> most people can agree. Like that was just a dumpster fire of garbage. Big time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, Jared Leto's Joker, like you can't even... Nothing needs to be said. <laughs> SoundCloud rapper Joker form. Like Ace Ventura. Like, <laughs> ugh. So, com 
compared, so, if you put two together, does this add on to Suicide Squad or does this more or less just take away from it and start its own independent? So in my opinion, like after seeing Suicide Squad, I think Harley Quinn had the most potential and like Margot Robbie was like perfect for that. And, um, you know, they kind of changed the appeal of the character a little bit, which some people will complain and like bitch about it. I think it was kind of a cool twist on it. Obviously, they add a lot of like sex appeal into it, but then it's what sells. Like, let's be realistic here. (laughs) What else is Hollywood going to resort to? Yeah, but um, I think it was uh, the aesthetics of her character were really cool regardless of what people think. But I think that's the only character in that whole damn movie that had any potential. So I was after I saw that piece of shit, I was like, man, they should have just given her her own movie and it would have been way better. So when this came out, I was excited because I was like, all right. Now, I hope they do this right. And they actually did. Like, it beat my expectations of what it could have been had they done it right. It mm-hmm. was, like, I think it was so good. So, it was really good, solid character development of Harley Quinn, but it also wasn't, like, it was what you would expect. It was very digestible, very fun, very easy to get into. Right. But there was, like, a good amount of, like, character depth. And uh, there's a good backstory, but they really hit it uh really well with the pacing like it uh they didn't dive too much like they referenced the joker a bit but they don't make it like a centerpiece yeah and it's just like the little tidbits thrown in there to get the story moving along and get some backstory and kind of figure out why she's on her own now exactly okay and like what she's up to and why yeah and it was fucking sweet that's awesome and um yeah um so for like other characters yeah how do they support Margot Robbie and Harley Quinn. Um, I, I, I have not seen this film right. for the record. Um, so let's see how I can say this without giving any like spoilers away. Um, so she's on her own like path, I guess you could say her own journey and her own like motives and stuff. And there's several other like females in this, uh, the prominent females in this, uh, this Gotham universe. And sort of what happens is their their stories and their character arcs sort of like interact with each other. They sort of like all intertwine. They so like there's find like, a way to meet together. There's like several, each one is their own story, but it's part of a bigger story. Okay. There's kind of a point where they all like meet together and um, they kind of, let's see here, like they come together to like uh, for the greater good of what they're all um struggling against like what the they find like a common purpose with their needs exactly okay and uh they're also all very strong characters in their own sense and there's a lot of like you know throughout the film none of them are really getting along and then they sort of hit that point where it's like "Mm, let's gotta work together and right right um, that's awesome i think that's honestly what hollywood needed at this at this time right yeah. now and what's cool is it's like pro a very pro woman story but is not preachy it's not, not shoving it down your throat exactly that's which awesome. is i did not expect that from like a hollywood film but right. it was yeah it was just like you could appreciate the message but it wasn't like hammered into your fucking head right i'm like how uh, <laughs> disney's doing star wars right now they're pushing everything down our throats way too much yeah no to get a little statistical right now um, yeah. it cost 84 million to make birds of prey opening weekend they hit 17.1 million mm-hmm. and right now i'm not 100 percent certain i think it's uh 
like a hundred over a hundred million for sure right now. So they definitely broke even, but they're being they're being beaten by Sonic the Hedgehog right now. Oh my god! Um, <clears throat> I'll say it's kind of depressing because. Um, um, okay, well, so I was at the, I saw this at the IMAX last night. Right. There was my friend and I, and there was mm, three other people in the whole theater. The IMAX. Wow. On a really? Saturday night. That's at a popular theater, and I'm hurts. just like, and people are kind of this movie's not getting. I don't think it's getting great reviews or anything. Mm-hmm. Not what I think it deserves. Because okay, I'm not someone who's big into Marvel or DC or the superhero stuff, but based on everything I've seen, this is by far the coolest since The Dark Knight. Okay, yeah, that's and awesome. That's, that's an edgy statement. Mm-hmm. But as someone who's not interested in that stuff, like this is fucking sick. Yeah. So, so coming- I really wish that. Um, I don't know. People would like give this a chance and like, you know what pisses me off? What's that? So like, <clears throat> I think Margot Robbie's actually pretty good. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh yeah. hundred percent. Um, yeah. She's not like a mind blowing talent, but she does what she does very well. She's like a solid character actor. I kind of like, I kind of, she kind of reminds me of like Megan Fox in a sense. Like Megan Fox's acting ability isn't going to like blow you out of the water, but like she does what she does very well. Yeah. Like, what what roles that they are given, they deliver. Yeah. Very good character actor. Like granted, she just plays like the vapid hot chick, but she does it very well. And that's an, a character that's necessary for a lot of different films because that's, that's real life. Right. Right. Um, so people like want to shit on Margot Robbie for some reason. And it's like she does her character and she did it for this and she did it really well. I don't think she should be shit on just because she's hot. Yeah. Like, isn't that fucked up? Yeah. That's backwards. <laughs> Very backwards. It's like you can't win with these people who want to like criticize someone like either way. What was that? You were telling me about that uh, criticism uh Quentin Tarantino was getting for yeah. So a, once, once upon, upon a time, time. yeah. Once upon a time in Hollywood, um, Margot Robbie had eleven minutes at most in mm-hmm. that movie, and the feminist community just lost their fucking shit when they were like, "How dare you give such a talented woman only eleven minutes in this movie?" And then Margot Robbie herself comes out with the statement saying, yeah, um, this was my character. And I haven't seen that movie, so I wouldn't be able to necessarily tell you her role I, or what she I, did. I did see it. And okay. I can confirm, like, she's totally right. She yeah, has a very, and, like, minor piece in it. What she, what she said herself, Margot yeah. Robbie, what she said herself is that she felt, and Tarantino felt, that she didn't need to be in the film as long as she, like, did. She was in there for just the right amount. And I'm not going to sit here and, like, question Tarantino's ability to, like, write a character. Because right. we all know he can write characters very well yeah and so the feminist community loses their fucking minds because they think that they're holding back talent and then we go to birds of prey and no one wants to see it because no one like it's not getting that much attention i just i want people to go see it and understand that she is still a very valuable actress that she can still perform very well and it even if it's 10 minutes if it's an hour and 38 minutes it's there and it's a good it's a good performance well and it's like So to piggyback on that, like I've heard criticism from the same community, like, oh, she's just uh, sexualizing Harley Quinn. Like if you've, you know, actually seen how Harley Quinn looks in the comics or whatever. Yeah. It's like, so who fucking cares? Yeah. Like, 
fuck. I mean, it still looks. If you go see the movie, like it still looks badass. Yeah. Like everything she wears, everything she does is fucking sweet. Yeah. So like, who cares? Literally, as long it's as like you literally can't win with these people. If she's in the movie for not that see, long, then it's like see, if she was in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, like if she was in there longer than like Brad Pitt was, then people these same fucking people would probably be like, oh well, she only had that role because she's hot and Quentin Tarantino's a misogynistic pig. He's trying to like, utilize her he, as much exactly. as possible. It's like yeah. you literally can't win with these people. So it's like, well, how about you just appreciate someone for their talent and like what they do? Yeah, and hundred um, percent. Yeah, I think she. Again, she's not like a mind-blowing talent, but she's very solid and very good at what she does. And I think she should get more, um, you know, Credit. positive recognition yeah, for yeah. like the work she does instead of being criticized for something that's not even in her control and has nothing to do with her actual talent or ability. To add, I mean, like you brought up Megan Fox earlier. It's like the same situation. It's like 2009 with Transformers 2 all over again when mm-hmm. she finally was like, Michael Bay, go fuck yourself. <laughs> like, I don't I don't need you to like dictate my acting career. And like, no kidding. Yeah. And like society itself is always looking at her like the typical hot chick in the movie. But I mean, if you've seen any of her work outside of the, you know, the big films, she is talented. Yeah. Just like Margot Robbie. Absolutely. And, I mean, we're bringing up these two examples right now on the podcast, but there are thousands, I'm sure, of people like this in this situation dating back to the beginning of cinema. Yeah, and like the golden era of Hollywood when stuff was like really dark too. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, so <clears throat> one other thing I want to hit on about this movie, um, the fighting in it, like the action sequences were so damn well done. Really? Um you know more about like actual more of like the filming side and like the camera work and stuff than I do. So like, let me know if this makes any sense to you. But when I see like action films, especially big budget ones, why can't they film like a combat scene or a choreographed fight scene? Like it's like this common trope where like the camera work is like purposely awful. Like, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, like 100%. It's, it's shaky and it's like, I got the answer for you. Okay. Let's, let's hear it. Money, <laughs> money, money, money. money. Right. I mean, so like, let's go back to the, like the Jason Bourne films. Mm-hmm. That shit is so shaky. If you have epilepsy, do not watch the Jason Bourne right. films because it's so much flashing and the camera's like the over the shoulder kind of look and it's very handheld and it's yeah. very shaky. And Hollywood does that to kind of cover up the bad choreography that might exist on right. like this, you know, the stunts and stuff. And, with Birds of Prey, from what I've seen in the trailers, the action sequences look very well done. The camera work is clean. It's all full. It's very in-depth. And you're you're seeing exactly... And it's very motivating, too. It's not just random camera angles. Yeah. It moves with the action, which is the, very important. Oh, yeah. It was all terrific. And, like, as someone who's grown up watching all the Stallone films and, you know, I've seen the Seagal films and the Van Damme films and Chuck Norris, all that, like... It was just so smooth. Yeah. And, um, I <clears throat> yeah, smooth is like just the best way I would say it. Like all of them were trained or like, like on film, they looked like they all could kick ass and they knew what they were doing. Yeah. But like what they were doing wasn't over the top. It was like basic stuff that was just so well executed and smooth and choreographed. It just looked fucking sweet. And so- they did cool things with, uh, like they used, like slow motion and stuff at the right time. Okay. Um, the setting was awesome. There's a scene where she's kicking people's asses and, and there's like 
um, it's like in a prison that's like flooding or something. There's yeah. like water everywhere. It's like one of the best fight scenes I've seen in a long time. That's really cool. And uh, was it like, did you, could you tell if it was like a real set, like practical or if it was more like VFX, like a digital it, set? Well, that was, it looked like it was real. Like these chicks actually were trained. I have no idea if like. That's um, good that you couldn't tell. Exactly. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. And like. Yeah, it's just kind of crazy to me. Like, I, so I saw, I always bring this up, but Hobbs and Shaw with The Rock and Jason Statham from the Fast uh, and Furious franchise. Yeah. Again, like a film that had a $200 million budget, did like $100 million here, and then like $400 million in the international market. So it broke all these uh, box office records by tanking here and then capitalizing on all the international markets like a lot of these uh, brands do. In these oh, yeah. films but you've got the rock and stay them the rock is like one of the most talented men on the, the artists on the planet period and 100 jason Statham is an incredible martial artist the fight scenes were horseshit in that film like they were so there's a couple things that were cool but for the most part they weren't good yeah and i'm like how is this possible like they have 200 million dollars to put behind this and the rock and stay amazing like a-list talent yeah like, why is this such shit? And you, Jason Statham, like, you watch some of his his B-movies, uh, like, even, like, Crank or something. Yeah. Or, um, oh, that's not really too much of a B-movie, but um, he's got B-movies that are even lower budget than that. And um, The fight scenes deliver a Oh, lot my God. Yeah. It's incredible. 100%. And it's like, this film has, like, you see some of these B-films he's in, and it's like, it's at a budget of, like, $10 million dollars. And the fight scenes are so much better. Like, yeah. how is that possible? And I'll tell you why. It is because, and I'm sure this is probably one of the same situations with um, Harley, or, uh, yeah, Harley Quinn, Birds of Prey. Um, they gave, and I'm sure in those like lower budget films, they gave Statham the ability to decide what was perfect for him. Yeah, like they creative let him, control yeah, over and, it. And Hobbs and Shaw, they totally were like going off of what the stunt coordinator felt was right for the scene. Right. And there needs to be a collective collaboration amongst all of the departments when it comes to filmmaking. And I feel like there wasn't like that collaboration with the talent department rather than the whole like, you know, production department. Yeah. That's yeah. it. That's interesting. I'm glad you could bring that up for me. So like another, you have experience with filming uh, live wrestling. Yeah. So oh, yeah. <laughs> that's something I'm thinking about too. Like you watch, uh, wwe smackdown or something you've it's filmed live and you have you're catching amazing action from all these different camera angles and it's and it's like how can a show like produce content like that and then like you go into a movie studio with this all this talent and money and resources and it looks like crap for the record like, you know for the record yeah a lot of it yeah i mean like a lot of it in wwe and I don't work for them anymore, so I can right. totally say this. A lot of them choose what they want to do. And for the record, they are beating the shit out of each other up oh, there. Yeah. They're not, like, people are like, oh, they're, like, just slapping each other. No. No, 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 no. Get in front of these, like, <laughs> six foot seven, seven foot tall dudes, and you tell me if you want them to, like, slap you, quote unquote, slap you in the face. Like, no, they're actually up there fucking each other up and i've taken bumps in a ring and it oh yeah. hurts oh yeah you, actually you have a little bit a, of a wrestling background for sure on a, on a side note i was uh i was at work last week and <clears throat> one of my one of my someone on my team i was like hey if you go a thousand dollars over your sales goal today i'm gonna like i'll do something stupid i'll do like a <laughs> cartwheel or whatever 
So of course he goes like fourteen hundred over. So I'm like <laughs> shit. I'm like I can't do a cartwheel, and I'm like, well, I'll do a somersault, like I, because that's what we got trained to do, and you take bumps. So I took a fucking bump right on the, like the carpet above like the concrete floor. Oh my god! <laughs> Ow! And I I did it, but like I was like, it's been a few years, and I'm like, oh my god! Kind of readjusting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. That's yeah. funny. Yeah. To um to go back to like the whole action in Hollywood, um, I'd I'd have to see Birds of Prey to really kind of like chime in on why it was good and why it appealed. But just hearing that the sets that they were using, because okay, so like Marvel and DC are known for using a lot of sound stages. Okay. They'll build a set on the sound stage, so they'll build a room on there. But then like the green screen behind the windows and everything kind of sets the scene that they're in a different country, that they're in a okay. different planet. If it's a Marvel movie or whatever right. it is, and like hearing about this prison scene, yeah. I I would assume they built a few practical elements to have the audience grab onto it and say, Oh, that's real for sure. There's no way that's not real. But then there's obviously some digital elements that look super real, but you can't tell the difference between the two, which is why they blend the two of them together, which is a healthy way to create an action scene. Because then if you're worried about like, Oh, like this looks so unrealistic. Like with the new Sonic movie, that's so fucking unrealistic. Like I look at that and I'm like, dude, I can't sit there. It's like watching someone, put a video game and i guess that's the purpose yes it's a video game but right. if it's a live action you really want to sell the live action and i'm glad to hear that harley quinn is really putting forth a lot of effort into that action movie sequence yeah it's cool. one one other thing is um <clears throat> it does it subtly and uh you know in very small parts but um it touches on the gotham universe a little bit right and you kind of realize like Man, that's a cool thing. There's a lot of potential. There's a lot of different like um uh like side stories, backstories, like different characters and like I think the way this film touched on it, it kind of gave me like um some optimism like they could actually make a lot of different like engaging like just some unique films if you're in the superhero or like comic book theme. Right. Stuff that hasn't really been done or, like, discovered or really touched on that much because there really is a really big Gotham universe there. So instead of, like, rebooting Batman for 19 times straight, like, explore some of these other characters who are part of this. And the cool thing is, like, DC owns all this shit. So you can kind of, like, throw, like, little backstories of characters. Like, you can reference Batman or reference the Joker or whoever just to like build another character right. or like sort of understand who they are and where they come from or what their motives are. Yeah. And, um, this film did that a few times, like with the Joker and it was really cool cause it didn't make him too much of the story, but he was just referenced a few times. Yeah. And it's sort of like made you kind of reflect on this like city and like keeping everything in one big loop. Yeah. And 100%. I think, I think it's kind of cool. And I, uh, I kind of hope they start to, explore that idea instead of just rebooting the same projects over and over again yeah and i think they're so dc has been so bad about planning out the end game and i i say the word end game because i'm gonna refer to marvel here they had the entire infinity saga planned out right from iron man one they knew right. like okay this is gonna be a spoiler alert right 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 now i'm just gonna spoil some shit if you haven't seen end game or infinity war go see it but 
they from Iron Man one knew that Tony was going to die saving everyone. Right. They knew that that was how this was going to end. And they're like, it's how we get there that matters. So they planned out all of these films, like 20 plus films around that one concept. That yeah. This is our character and he's going to arc into this. Yeah. And of course, I mean, that's not just the only concept they plan. There's multiple characters that they work around, but yeah, DC is struggling to get characters like, the Joker, Batman, and Harley Quinn to unify in this. Yeah. But like to hear that like Gotham is now starting to come together with the expanded uh, kind of content, that's really refreshing because DC has struggled with that with Aquaman. With, yeah. I, which, by the way, I love Aquaman. I thought that was a fantastic movie. But with Aquaman, uh, Wonder Woman was great. Mm-hmm. I'm excited to see where they go with that. That's going to be really good to see. And and they're, they're rebuilding themselves, especially after Batman versus Superman, that right. cinematic disaster. I think <laughs> it's very important that they start to plan effectively for the long run of things yeah for sure um so yeah i might be a little premature with my optimism but i hope it goes somewhere yeah um, just kind of compelling and makes you know i hope some stuff comes out that's just a little different and uh yeah i don't know birds of prey it was just fucking dope and uh out of 10 what would you give it out of 10 let's see here i'm trying to think as far as like a movie theater going experience, mm, that's a tough question. It's yeah. a serious question. I have to give a right answer. Okay. Um, I would give, I'd give it an eight. Okay. So the reason I would give it that is this is a type of film like I wouldn't see in a theater. Like I'm not interested in the Marvel stuff or DC stuff or like superhero stuff. So it's really like the first one I've actually been interested in seeing literally since the dark Knight. Yeah. Um, I don't see a lot of action movies. Cause like I said, like, you know, I love the rock and Jason Statham and you get them together in a $200 million movie and it sucks ass. Like, <laughs> like, so like, how do I know? Like when I want to go see something, right. um, so there's not a lot of action Phil. I grew up on them and there's not a lot anymore. I want to see unless it's just uh, a franchise. I grew up with like Rambo or Terminator and yeah. Rambo's doing well. Like Terminators, <laughs> I've talked about that plenty. It's not doing well Yeah, to be polite. Um, so yeah, I mean, I would give it an eight out of 10 just cause like it's a film I really wouldn't be that interested in seeing for the most part. Yeah. But I was interested in this specific one. I just, and it delivered. I, it did. It really yeah. delivered. And now, okay. So like, let's just say it was same quality, like in everything. Um, but it was something I actually wanted to see like a horror film or something. I'd, I'd give it like an A plus, you know, hundred percent. Yeah. yeah. Cool. So that's awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that, uh, that's a perfect spot to wrap it up for this episode. Oh yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, thanks for joining me again and um, I will see you on the next episode here and thank you to everybody tuning in. This is Animalitia and I'm Ben. I'm Ian. We are out. 